Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome, everybody. I'm, I am really excited to be here with you. My name's Tom Miller. If this is the first session that you've ever been uh, with us, then welcome. Uh, this is exciting for us to be able to host every single month um, a, a, uh, a book study. Uh, if you're a part of our Win Every Day uh, book studies, which we did in, in uh, January, hopefully you got some extreme value out of it like I did. And uh, I think we had about 116 folks uh, through that. So this one's so big that we actually sold all of the rest of Michael Hyatt's books. So there was, you know, folks reaching out to me over the weekend that the book was sold out. Uh, so I do have an audio version of it. Um, and if so, if you want the audio and didn't get it, you know, feel free, just, you know, reach out and I'll share mine. Just don't tell Michael. Uh, so, you know, make sure to get something from him, you know, you, you know I guess down the road. So. Well, great. So, uh, so the first thing we're going to do set our intentions, right? So on page one of the study guide, like, 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 what are you doing here? Like, what, like, what's your goal? What is it that you specifically want to learn here? So I would love if some folks, you know, you can either open yourself up and unmute yourself or put it in the chat box. Like, what is it that you want to achieve out of this, uh, you know, next month of your study? So you're talking four hours of live sessions. You're talking at least probably three plus hours of reading and rereading and, you know, maybe more and doing your study guide. So, I mean, you'll probably invest 10 to 12 hours in this. It might be actually the longest actual communications course that any of us have ever uh, taken because it's just not something that we're taught uh, at a high level, yet we do it all day, 24 hours a day, even when you're not communicating, you're doing what, Vanessa? You are communicating, right? We talk about that a lot. Non-communication is still communication, especially when you're talking to your team. So in the chat box, go ahead and put, like, what's your intentions? What do you want to achieve? What part of your communication do you want to improve? Um, you know, how will you know you've achieved it, right? So, so any of those questions you want to answer, or if there's anybody who wants to unmute themselves, um, go ahead and do that. And, and, and so I'll start. For me, is raising my awareness. It's so funny. Uh, yesterday, my wife's not on here, and don't anybody tell her. And she's not part of this, you know, private Facebook group either. So our, uh, we woke up Saturday morning, and our heat was broken. So if you live in North Carolina, and I'm sorry, Indiana, but like 28, you know, degrees is really cold in North Carolina, and the heat was off, and nothing was working. So the guy came out, and I mean, he pulled up into the driveway, and uh, my wife is an S. She's an SC on the uh, DISC uh, profile, so supportive, uh, you know, cautious. She's a peacemaker. And so she loves to just explain everything about what all the issues are and everything. And I just was watching her, and I was thinking of this gap awareness part that he talks about in the first or second chapter. 
And I just looked at her and she obviously gave me that look like, I know what you're thinking. And I said, I just love the fact that that's important to you, that, you know, people know and fully understand everything that happened when I just would have said, uh, the thermostat says 70, but it's not 70 in the house. There's no way anything's working. So if you could fix that, that would be awesome. You know, since, you know, she went, well, you were here six months ago and you remember this. That. So um, always, always fascinating. Now, so mine is raising my awareness, right? So raising my awareness to be able to be more specific with directions and explaining things, but most importantly, raise my awareness towards what are the needs of the people that I'm communicating to, because really that, that's the only thing that matters, right, everybody? I mean, communication is between two or more people. And if you could just explain everything uh, to yourself, you'd probably be a knockout when it comes to communication, uh, but you're not. You're telling other people uh, specific things. And when I said what specific areas do I want to improve, number one is timeliness. I think this is maybe the one number one factor that we have is that gap of time between when we notice something's wrong and actually communicate that something's wrong. Uh, that gap of time um, is, is sometimes, even if it's just a few minutes, um, can be catastrophic to your organization's uh, success. So those were two things. Anybody else? I got uh, Vanessa, she's got in here. Improving my crucial conversation skills, which is going to be awesome because on the Thursday, we're all going to be in a training for net, uh, Vanessa, which is going to be, and you can invite your, your team in there. Um, I know how I can come off finding balance between communicating earlier. Yeah. I know I have an apology to make tomorrow when I get to my school. I have somebody that my uh, personality, um, I said what I thought I had to say, but now I'm realizing after reading this book again that uh, I said it wrong. So. And uh, Lena said, more confident communication. Tell me how you want to be more confident, Lena. Like, what, like, how would you know that you're more confident in your communication? I don't express myself really, really well. And I kind of, I just don't express myself very well. So I need to have more confidence in when I talk to people. Has uh, someone actually told you that you don't express yourself very well? Or is that just your own inner voice telling that's you that? My, that's my inner voice. It's the most powerful voice that we hear all day, isn't it, Lena? Yes. It's a bear. I'm always like, look, be quiet. I know, I know what I got to do. I know I can do this, right? So I don't think you would be in the position you are in if you didn't have the ability to communicate confidently. So I believe in you. And I know we've talked a couple of times, so. It sounds better in, in my head. It doesn't sound as good when it comes out. Always does. Always does. Uh, Janice said to help others better understand what we're communicating the first time. Awesome. And I think this, these first two you know, chapters really lays that out. And there's going to be this part, if you haven't got to that, that part of the book yet, it's, it's the vision gap reality conversation or vision gap opportunity that lays out a little bit of a framework. It's really going to help everybody you know, communicate your vision first to yourself, write it out, almost script yourself to be able to get there. Uh, Martha said communication is key. I think everyone communicate more clearly. Absolutely. The question is, how would we know that it's better, right? And I think that's a big part of this, uh, you know, study is really thinking about who are the most effective communicators in your life and how do we start to study them so we know we can get better, right? Can you think of somebody who's just amazing at communication? 
anybody like that we all might know even so we can even think like who's been a great communicator in the last 20 years would you say i think um when i think of a good communicator barack obama that's a, that's the same name i thought about right mm -hmm. now do you think that it just kind of comes out like he just talks off the cuff or do you think he's been practicing and versing uh, for quite some time yeah, I would imagine he's practiced quite, quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. When I first joined the John Maxwell team and quit my job and started my own business, you know, part of the certification program we go through is a speaker training program. And it blows me away how much or how often you really have to practice out loud before you actually present. And so it was Elena who said, it always sounds good in my head. Right. And I find myself preparing for training in my head, but I'm not uh, talking to you all through my head. Right. I, I have to verbally communicate that. Um, so I think that's really important that we, we spend more time practicing, especially if it's crucial conversations or something that we need to really get our point across out loud to people and ask them. So I was recording that short video for you all right uh, yesterday and my wife was next to me and I said, how did that go? And she goes, eh, like, well, what? She goes, you talk way too fast. And I said, I know. It's like, I don't want to bother them, but I want to get the information to them. She goes, but isn't that the point? Like you're trying to make sure that they don't feel like one, that they're being scolded and make sure they're there. And two, that you're, you're take your time so they can actually understand the words you say, right? So having that accountability partner is so important for you know, someone to give you feedback all the time about when you're um, communicating well or not. So uh, really, really important. But you all made it here. So obviously you got the message uh, to make sure you were here at Zoom at 4.30. So perfect. Uh, see, did I miss anybody else? It's, this is great. You guys are jamming in here. Uh, Amanda said effective and clear communication for better results, more confident speaker. Yes, and to convey my ideas with clarity, more efficient, more confident, my professional. Yeah, this is perfect. Okay, awesome. Then I said I try to build in my counter time to think about a plan, the conversation I've done before. I find that I'm back to the meeting without space. I struggle. Yeah, I've actually practiced, uh, Vanessa, conversations with school leaders, like hard conversations with school leaders. And I'll just say, well, do you just want to pretend I'm the person or, you know, let's just talk it through. Because I think when you do say it out loud, you start to kind of, you, you just get more clear with yourself when you're like, oh, that's not the way I want to say it, or that's not the way I wanted to sound. So let's all think about our favorite thing, bad bosses, right? So we all, all have, have had bad bosses in, in, um, in common. So what were some of this at the bottom of the first page of the study? What were some of the, the traits or the bad habits that your bad bosses have had, especially when it comes to communication? Put it in the chat box or unmute yourself. I had a vague, communication, unclear communication, um, a lot of implied communication, um, a lot of no direction, just kind of like, I find myself in meetings a lot where I'm just sitting around and then the meeting ends and I go, oh my gosh, did I like, you know, did I doze off? Like what happened? Like what are we all supposed to do next? But then you feel bad because you don't want to ask the person next to you, hey, what are the action steps for this meeting? But they're just all really thinking the same thing, right? You know, give me an amen if you've ever been in that meeting. 
Um, so it's so, so important that we learn how to lead effective meetings. Um, let's see. Uh, so Vanessa said, no communication, a disconnect from the school's mission and vision, doesn't communicate clear to staff, implied communication. Everybody's just supposed to know. Yeah, that's right. There's knowns and there's unknowns and you need to know them all. Uh, always unavailable and trying to catch you in a mistake. Oh gosh, that would be awful. I'm sorry, Lindsay. I hope you're still not working for that person. Um, apathy, unclear, lack of interaction. That's interesting. So who, who said that? Who said lack of it? Uh, Natalie, so is that like, um, what does that look like? Lack of interaction? Is that like, I'm not present with you? Like, what does that mean when you say lack of interaction? Yeah, like not staring present. Off the space? Not present mm -hmm. or just avoiding. avoiding yeah, that's a good one. I, I love Paul's here too. It just kind of reminds me of my everyday. Too many directions at once. All right, Paul, I get the point. I'm sorry. I will do better at getting more clear steps. That's a good one. Uh, lack of communication, off topic, too wordy. Last minute communication. <laughs> that never happens in a school. Janice, you must work in some Last minute communication. Oh, yeah. I think that's the number one complaint that I ever hear when I work with school teams is, we're like the last to know. Like, how do other people know before we do? You know, we're the admin team. Uh, Lena said, one of my previous bosses thought I could read her mind. Yes. Yes, you should. I thought that was on the job description normally. Blurting out a decision before a formal announcement. Blurting out a decision before. Oh, so like they've already made a decision and this is just kind of like a check off, just like you're checking in with you. I could, I could see that. Uh, Lindsay's at a much better place now. That's good. That's good. That's good. I know. I know she works for you, Vanessa. I'm fully aware who she works for. <laughs> That's why I said it. Uh, burning place target. No. Oh, no praise. Oh man, no praise. No target. Micromanaged. Oh. What does micromanaged communication? Oh, is it just like micromanaged or micromanaged communication? My wife calls me a micromanager all the time, and it's normal because I know my directions aren't clear. And so I'll check back in because I haven't heard from her on something. She works with the business. And, and then she'll say, are you like, micromanaging me? It's more like I thought that was her. I was like, oh, like, gosh, are you here? List of everything that they wanted from us, but mm. not like clearly. So like they would give us a bunch of things to do and have done, but no due mm. date. And then they would just like pop in and be like, well, why isn't this done? So it was very like, you were expected to do things that you didn't know. You are you are speaking my language right there, Amanda. Because um, you just described me, right? I mean, I think you all described me. And all those things that you just shared, you just basically painted the picture of for most of my leadership, positional leadership, uh, you know, career. I've done all of those things. And maybe you've done a lot of those things too. You know, I don't know. Uh, but I could I could definitely tell a story for each one of those pieces. So how did you communicate these bad leadership habits to them? Well, what did you do? Did you ever tell them that they're bad communicators? Anybody? Nope. So how are we supposed to get better if nobody ever tells us that we're terrible? What's how do we close the gap?
I'm going to take it as the fear of non-communicating. I think it was like, mm. you may hurt someone's feelings or you may step over somebody and it's kind of like, well, you're my boss. So I can't really tell you that you hurt my feelings or that I feel pressured. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's probably very, I mean, very, very normal feelings, right? I'm, I'm currently going through that right now with, you know, somebody and I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta tell them. Like if I don't tell them, it's just going to get worse, but I, you know, no one likes to tell you know people that you were unclear. I've learned lately that I anytime someone tells me that I'm unclear, and I have a giant ego, everybody, so you'll learn this if you hang with me for a little bit. Uh, I really thank them, and I tell them how much I appreciate that you. Um, I, I usually say, I bet you that took like a lot of courage, you know, to try to do that. Thank you. I'll be better for next time. Or normally I'll say at almost the end of every conversation, okay, I know sometimes I speak fast and I've been doing this for a while. So I leave out really important details that are just habits for me. So what questions do you have, right? Or what are your next steps going to be? So I try to fall on the sword before I know that the other, you know, individuals are going to really struggle. But I mean, that's, I would have never done that 10 years ago. No way. I would have definitely said I was wrong, but I would have never tried to check back in with somebody to, you know, to make sure. But I've only learned that through failing forward. I've made some massive, all these errors on the right-hand side. I've done, and I still continue to do some of them, um, especially when, you know, it's more emotional, right? Um, kind of like when the emotion comes and I just, my IQ you know, drops really low and I only got 700 on my SAT. So we're not really, you know, dealing with a giant, you know, piece of pie here, everybody. So it's important that you, you check emotions, you keep your heart rate at a nice, easy pace and low when those times come. So you can either A, tell your supervisor, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not really clear about what these next uh, steps are. I know you tried to explain it. It just didn't resonate with me uh, or, or, you know, from another side. So I don't know if anybody's had that experience, but um, I would appreciate it as your boss if you did tell me. So take that into consideration. Um, you may help them tremendously. And that's a big part of leading up, right? So I think pretty much most of you, I didn't really ask, but a lot of you, are you uh, principals, assistant principals, teachers? Put in the chat box so I know kind of who, who like we are here. Um, but I think, you know, I might have my feelings hurt for a little bit, but eventually I know that Amanda's coming from a true heart because she wouldn't be here otherwise. And she wouldn't have told me. She just would have ignored me. And then when she didn't do the job, just, you know, kind of been like, oh, I just didn't know because you weren't clear. Development and communication. Oh, perfect. Well, you should be teaching, Jen. All right, great. So we got a bunch of principals in here. All right. So what communication challenges do you have that you're personally aware of? So hopefully you answer this on your own, um, right? So my, my number one is I know that I can be vague and I can imply a lot of things. When we talk about that clarity grid, which I love that clarity grid, I hover in that category three, I think, a lot. Like I bounce between two and three. And how did I become aware of the challenge? Honestly, it's just not getting the results, right? If you have to go back and tell someone multiple times 
Like you really have to ask yourself, what role do I have in this problem, right? It has to come back to you at some point because if someone isn't executing, right, it's either that they don't want to or they don't understand to. Uh, so one of the things that we uh, practice in a lot of our uh, sessions is if you set clear expectations, here's what we committed to, but here's what I see you doing. So help me understand. And so then you can get an understanding of how, how they misunderstood, right? Or how the communication gap occurred. And that's how I learned. Like I'll just, and that has really taken me a while to get to, but to say, you know, here's what we committed to, uh, you know, Tom, uh, but I watch you and you didn't go to your class on time, right? Or, but you didn't actually talk to the parents. You just emailed them, which we said we were going to talk to every parent who was missing work. So help me understand, like, what, like, like what did you miss? And then help, help them close that gap. Does that make sense for everybody? Has anybody ever tried that? So set the clear expectations, right? So to do that, I got to know what is it I want done and then get them to commit, you know, to that, right? At the end of your meeting, say, hey, we're going to have this done by this day and they're going to do X, Y, Z. And then if it's not done the way you want it, just ask them, well, here's what we agreed to. Here's what I can actually see. This is the reality of it. So help me understand. And then the last part of that is, okay, well, here's some, here's some options to do it differently next time, or here's some opportunities for your growth, uh, which, which comes later in the book. But that's just something that I've, through this book and through some other tools, has really helped me. So is there anybody else who thought about, this is where I know I have a challenge in communication, and this is how I became aware of it. Anybody have a good, a good example? Actually, have an example from today. Uh, can you hear me? Perfect. Yeah, um, you great. I I sent an email about our lottery to um, a, a lot of applicants, and I made the assumption that they all knew when the date of the lottery was because it's clearly stated on the website. It's stated on the application, and so I sent out this email to all of these people, and immediately the phone started ringing. People started responding, asking what was the date of the lottery. And that was completely on me for making that assumption and for not being thorough and concise enough with what I was communicating to them. Yeah. So what, so what might you do differently next time from that awareness? Um, so one of the things that I like to do is have another set of eyes on, on something that I'm sending, because I think if you, especially if you're writing, if you look at something for long enough, eventually you don't see it anymore. Um, and next time I'll make sure that one of the more detail oriented staff members that we have, and we have several, can take a look at it and point out um, challenges that we could face with not including enough information or sometimes including too much information and losing the message completely. Yeah, I think those are really good strategies. And even the people that you talk to on the phone, you could say, you know what, thank you so much for calling and asking. Can you do me a favor? Can you go to the email right now? Because I want to know how you approach this. Because I deal with so many people. Like you could, I mean, if you're really comfortable with them, you could ask them. What did you look at first? Because I want to know like where your eyes go in an email. 
Because we've all got that email from that person that tried to be so overly detailed, they bold, and this is red, and this is highlighted. And it, that almost, my wife told me once, she goes, that's just obnoxious. And I was like, but I really need them to like, this is what I need them to see. And she said, well, then just tell them that. This is what I need you to see, right? This is all you need to know. So oh, I would be interested. Yeah. Never assume that anybody reads anything. I mean, that's just, gosh, it's such a hard, it's a hard part of this. Um, that's why a lot of times I'll send the email and a video, right? And maybe even something else all like at the same time. You choose which way you want to capture this info, but that's a really good one. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. And I know you'll get a lot of people applying for that lottery, which is very, very important. Uh, Vanessa said, recent communication disconnect, I've realized our teachers lack an understanding around NTSS after getting frustrated, realized it was my communication fail. Lots of assumptions. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you've spent, you know, five to 10 years in education, especially in like administrative levels, like you've just experienced stuff that's like, like I try to think about, well, when did I learn that? How did I learn that? And a lot of times we learn by not knowing it, right? It's just an awareness that comes to us and we didn't know we had to do it. So then we, you know, are forced to figure it out. But we forget. It's like when we get put in these chairs and we get these titles, like we totally forget that, you know, like, well, it's our job to accelerate the learning of the people that we serve now. And so interestingly enough, I was coaching a principal and they said, well, nobody taught me. So why should I tell them? It's like, well, do you want to wait? Like, how long did it take you to figure it out? Do you want to wait that long? It's like, no, I need it done right now. I go, well, then teach them right now and tell them specifically all the things that you messed up on and where you found that, you know, part on the website or whatever it is. Like, because you want them to be feeling confident in their work, but, you know, and, and teach them a system and they'll learn to like improve it on their own. Uh, but that's a really good example, both uh, Janice and Vanessa. Um, Lindsay's got communicating the overall goal, but not out outlining the steps to get there. Oh, this is an interesting one. All right, so what? So uh, what's the goal? Do you mind sharing, Lindsay? Do you mind? Do you mind coming up on us? Can you speak? Um, so this has happened a few times this year, but the one that I can think of most recently is, you know, asking the other members of my team to improve their relationships with reg ed teachers, but then mm -hmm. just leaving it at that and not giving them advice on how to do that. Okay, yeah, so what, so what might be a good action step? Yeah, that's almost like a teach harder, right? We're getting right. the kids to learn faster. Be nice to each other, yeah, good one. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I, boy, I, you know, I could spend a lot of time there because that, that's a whole, there's so many components of that building relationships with people. And we use the DISC uh, personality profile a lot. I don't know if some of you have ever, actually taken that, but that what it's a great tool to really understand how I'm perceived in the world. So, uh, you, you know, so how my, you know, behavior impacts how I lead myself and then how everybody else sees me, right? And then learning how they all are makes me change my communication style, right? It, it, it helps me go, oh, Vanessa, she's a very detail-oriented person. I need to communicate her with facts. And, uh, you know, boom, boom, boom. She probably like bullets, right? And just cleared like, Tom, I don't need the fluff. Just tell me exactly what you want me to do and I'm gonna do it. Compared to Natalie, uh, you know, is, is way, you know, she's, she's more social. Well, talk, talk me through this and all these other pieces. 
And, and, and so you have to know that about your team and who you're communicating to. Um, your stories are very powerful, everybody. So it's always important to recognize that you can teach others through the power of story. So if you were having a bad, if you had a tough relationship with one of your colleagues at one point in your career, you could tell them, here are the steps that I took. Now the steps that you take might be different, everybody, but here's just a way. And now they see you as a more authentic, vulnerable person that you've made errors or you've had bad relationships or you've been able to solve them or whatever that may be, um, or have, you know, have a brainstorming session. But yeah, setting the goal without putting out the action steps is definitely happen. Yeah, and sometimes we don't know that our folks have, you know, like brand new employees. Like I just realized halfway through the year of this, you know, charter school that we were turning around that over 50% of the staff was brand new and we never had an orientation because we were in pandemic. We just kind of did some virtual things together. Then when they came on campus, nobody knew where the room was or how to get their keys or, you know, just basic uh, procedures because we totally missed all those days. Um, so super, super important. Awesome. So the visual on page 11, right? So there were some examples of poor, poor communication, lack of alignment. I just want to touch on this last one, the decline in low morale. So talk to me now about how communication can create low morale in an organization. What, what were some of your thoughts here? Do you agree that lack of communication can create low morale? I was going to say definitely, especially given one of the examples that was given earlier. I don't remember who said it. Um, if you feel like you're the last to know everything in a place that you work um, and, you know, maybe your, your parents, students, the community finds out things before you do and you work there because it wasn't communicated to you, you definitely start to feel like you weren't important and would um, mm. lend itself to low morale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what a great, great point right there. Uh, what else? There's a bunch of in the chat box here, assuming uh, lack of confidence in communication. Um, everybody wants to do a good job, but when you're confused, it gets hard. And I think those are all really important pieces, which makes me takes me back to March 14, 2020. Um, if you were in North Carolina, that was kind of like the you know date, like you know the governor said you're all moving your schools virtually. We don't know how you're going to do it. Uh, we don't know what your rules are and expectations are. So like everybody was just in a state of confusion for some time, and people are looking to leadership to give them an answer. And it was interesting from a charter school perspective, you know, we kind of had built our own, you know, little group. So we were just trying to forge ahead and just make the best decision. While I watched in a lot of other, you know, Facebook communities or school districts were like, well, we're waiting for someone to tell us. <laughs> it's like, well, while you're waiting for someone to tell you, all of your people here are like freaking out because they need to understand two things. Why are we doing it? And how are we doing it? They want clear directions. They want to know like how many hours are kids in class? What's the assignments that we're going to give? What are we able to do? Like, how are we going to communicate? And I just watched like everything just really, really shuffle downhill. Um, and, and now we've been in this, you know, pandemic for nine, 10 months where, you know, folks still haven't like embraced um, each other 
they haven't built the relationships that they need to the start of school year. And we're just kind of stuck in this, like, no one really has an answer zone. That's a hard place to live, you know, for sure, especially if you're a very detail-oriented person. So what we always try to share is what can I clearly communicate? These are, you know, these are our, you know, structures, right? So, you know, down here at the bottom, communication begins with knowing thyself, right? What is it that we want to accomplish? You know, what's the, what's the end in mind for our kids or for our, you know, teachers, for our staff, for our team, whatever it may be, right? And so what do I want to communicate to them specifically about that? And so leaders need to be able to be okay with being asked questions. And so sometimes we get our backs up when folks start questioning us. But what we have to understand, the main reason they're asking us questions is probably because we weren't, we weren't very clear with our communication, right? I mean, is that, a neat, is that a fair you know statement? The only reason people are asking me questions is because I didn't tell you what you needed to hear. <laughs> But yet we get so upset about it, right? And then when I don't answer you, you think I'm worthless. And then you go back and you guys all kind of talk, oh, my God, that Tom Miller, he's awful. When do we get out of here? We got to go find a new job, uh, right? And it just kind of just festers because people need clarity. People need community. People need direction. And Vanessa wrote here, lack of communication can be seen as not caring, which can lead to apathy among staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It also has a big, a big part of culture, right? Because remember, culture is the average of the behaviors of all the people in an organization. So if there's a lack of communication in terms of like, you know, I'm working my tail off here, working 18 hours, I'm doing live classes, I'm doing recorded classes, I'm calling, you know, parents, I'm, you know, texting with my kids after hours, and there's Tom there. I don't know. He might be here three or four hours. I'm not even sure. Half of his kids aren't turning in the work. And I mean, like, when is the boss going to talk to Tom Miller? Like, I'm, I'm hurting here. And nobody's, nobody's asking me how I am. And that's happening everywhere, right? Because different unclear expectations that aren't communicated, I'm going to just find my own expectations so communication is really really about knowing yourself it's really about self-awareness and then the second part of this is about other people awareness right what is having a solid understanding of who you're communicating with and the needs and the challenges that they are facing And as leaders of the organization, which most of you are, when you're not clear, how on earth is anybody else going to be clear, right? I mean, and that's what we were looking for. Like, Governor Cooper in North Carolina, like, tell us what to do, right? DPI, tell us what to do. Give us some some sort of, you know, direction here. And they're like, oh, you know, I don't know, just instructional learning, 300 minutes a day but don't hold anybody accountable if they can't come in the class live. And then the, and then the dagger was in April when they said, you know what? No more grading, no more grading in North Carolina, whatever your grade is now you're good. Wow. I mean, that that was tough. That was a hard pill to swallow for sure. Right. So 
you're if I'm the superintendent of North Carolina or whoever is making that you know decision, and I'm and I'm looking out of the landscape, and all of you are looking at me in terms of of um, you know I'm your leadership in some way. I don't I don't know you very well if I'm going to say that because I know teachers like they're relentless. They don't sleep at night because all they want to think about is how do I reach my kids? And you just told me that all the work I've just done has just been flushed down the toilet. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was like an instant boom across the state. Um, and it hasn't got much a better since, right? So that's why from a local level, I'm constantly hammering on my leaders, you know, Natalie and uh, Vanessa and everybody else that's in our programs about you guys drive the way, right? You set the path, you set the goal. You know, you know exactly where you're heading to her. And that's what people want to know. They want to know where we're going and they want to know what's my role in it and what am I responsible to do to get us there, right? Am I making peanut butter sandwiches, right? Am I, you know, making sure there's gas in the car? Like, what am I doing to get to this final destination? So I love this set of questions that he puts here in that other's awareness, right? What are your teammates concerned about? Now, how would you know what your teammates are concerned about, everybody? How would we know? You have to ask. Yeah, we'd ask him questions. I love that. Who was that? Was that Paul? Or was that Sean? Who came in? That was me, Sean. Hey, Sean. Yeah, you got to ask them, right? <laughs> or Or watch them, right? Or listen to them, like, when you're listening to the things that they bring up during your meetings, the only reason they're bringing it up is because they've probably been thinking about it for some time. And if we dismiss that, right, and say, well, that's not what this meeting's about, like, I'm not going to share anymore. Now, it might not be the perfect time for that communication. So having like a parking lot, right, or say, hey, that's a good point. Let's stay on this agenda. Can we hammer that out during our next, you know, strategy session, right? Or if we have 10 minutes at the end, because, you know, uh, Kelly just brought up a really good point. I mean, whatever it may be, uh, we, have to, we have to know what our teammates are concerned about, right? What are they trying to accomplish? What are they trying to accomplish? When I was turning around this school in July and August and September, like, you know, this administrative team, like, you know, they wanted cybersecurity and everybody to have Chromebooks. And we wanted to like, you know, make sure we hit our like attendance goal, like all these things that they were trying to accomplish. And I had to fight the urge to just say, figure it out. Right. Because what are you going to do? You know, Amanda, if I say to you, I trust you, figure it out. <laughs> I wouldn't have come to you if I didn't, if I knew how to do it. Right. And you'd be like, eh, that guy, right? But then when things aren't done, we get upset with them as leaders, right? I was getting upset. I was like, well, why, well, why aren't we where we need to be? And I was like, oh, it's because they came to me for help. And I said, I trust you. You guys can figure it out. But I didn't realize, like, I wasn't being smacked hard enough by the two by four to say, oh, okay, you're coming to me for a specific reason. Are you coming to me for affirmation? Like, you want me to make sure that your plan's good? Are you coming to me for information? Like, tell me how I can help you, right? What are you working on? And how can I help? 
two really, really important questions with this other awareness. And if you're part of our email list, that's what I shared out, you know, this morning, right? The three questions to employee retention. How are you? What are you working on? And how can I help you? So what are they trying to accomplish? What are they concerned about? What do they need to do their work? What matters to them? How do they respond when they feel happy, angry, or threatened? I mean, the only way that you could have others' awareness is by becoming a people watcher. Now, by a raise a hand or a chat box, how many of you like to watch other people? I love it. It's my thing. I am such a people watcher. Yeah, perfect. So this is where our strengths really come to help us, right? We're watching um, body language. We're, we're you know, watching, um, you know, the, how, how they respond to things, like when they check in, when they check out in terms of, of you know, participating in it. Um, we're watching their, what they do when other people talk in the room. Like you're constantly watching other people. So then you can see, hey, I could tell that you were upset during that meeting, or I can hear in your voice that you really have something important for me. You know, just by, just by like affirming that you're paying attention is a huge part of that uh, connection. And remember everybody, body language is 55% of communication. 55. It can be hard during Zoom meetings, I would agree. Um, but I can watch all of you, right? I can tell, you know, what you're doing because I can see nine of you on the screen right now, or eight of you, right? So I can tell, right? Uh, so, so it's just a part of just constant watching. Um, we've been interviewing a lot of leaders lately, and I love watching the other interview panelists when the people answer questions because I'll have to, like, text them, like, Hey, you, hey, you're showing your face right now. <laughs> like, stop it. I got to turn, turn their screen off if they're not going to, if they're going to be like, oh, you know, what was that answer? So, yeah. So, uh, body language is 55% of communication and tone of voice is 38%. So, that means 93% of what we convey, right, has nothing to do with the words that we use. It's only 7% right? So words are the least important part of communication, which is even crazy to think about. But it's all about body language and tone of voice. One note I wrote myself about this part, weekend emails. How many of you love getting weekend emails from your boss? Not, not so much, huh? Man, this school that I'm working with, there had to be like 40 weekend emails. I didn't answer any of them. I saw them, but I'm going to answer them because if I answer them, now I am like leaning into, yeah, this is the culture here. We work seven days a week. And I get it. That's when they have to do it. But if you're a leader, you need to be conscious of that too, right? Are you paying attention to what others need? Are you respecting their time? And just having a conversation with everybody and say, hey, you know, um, I'm going to send you emails, right, during these times of the day. That's it. Everybody hands off emails until then, because everybody has a scheduling tool with their email. Now, 7 a.m. on a Monday, you might get like 600 emails there if you set it up that way. So be very, very conscious what you're, what you're communicating. Amanda said she wants to work on her facial expression. Yeah, it's called a leaky face, Amanda, wherever you I have it all the time. It's really, really hard for me, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Vanessa said, this is a lesson I learned last year. I might be working, but I need to respect the time of others. Yeah. Yeah, the schedule send, what a, what a great tool, right? So knowing myself, right, and then knowing others. So that's I know myself, I will work well, well, you know, past the workday, 
but knowing others is I don't have to bother them during that time. And I'm also going to say the same thing. Hey, don't, don't email me over the weekend. I'm not going to check it. So just so you know, right. I had, you know, like you know, someone send me like seven, did you get the email I sent? And I finally responded to the last one. Yes. And I'll answer it on Monday. <laughs> so just letting them know, just letting them know. And then the gap awareness, which we've talked about a lot, right? It's an understanding of the differences between you and others. So uh, uh, Vanessa brought this up about experience, right, with MTSS and just like this faulty assumptions that sometimes that we fall inside of. Um, so really the vast experiences that I've had uh, sometimes is my blind spot because I just, I just assume that other people have had similar experiences. So I'm super curious of this self-awareness, others' awareness, and gap awareness. Where are you all, like, where do you think you need to work the most? You can either put it in the chat box or unmute yourself. Like, what, what's a good step that you can take based upon your awareness of where you need to become more aware? I love what Natalie said. She said, I have a good memory, and I often assume that everybody else is going to remember. Yeah, me too. Gap awareness for me. Yeah, good, Sean. Yeah, I was going to say gap awareness uh, because, again, where I think and how I, I maneuver uh, is not the same way. And so I got to remember that gap and try to close it to make sure we're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We and all so also, as, yeah, you know, also as the founder of a charter school, Sean, too, right? Like, you know, uh, people don't know the history. And so you, you know, that's part of your job is to be constantly communicating the history, right? So they understand, you know, um, and your school's not that old yet, but it's still important for folks to know the why, you know, why are we here? Who are we for? Um, you know, this school was, you know, created by, you know, community people to be a community school and whatever those aspects, you know, may be. And, and sometimes we just, we just assume um, you know, the people, and also we assume like, we've got all these young leaders at this, you know, charter school on that. So like, I'm like, oh gosh, I totally forgot. You've only been here for 30 days. It seems like forever, right? Cause it's a, in like a pandemic, like some days can last a really long time, but I'm like, oh, I just keep on forgetting that you just started, right? You've never even been a principal before and you're in this, in this role. So Amanda said, attention to detail, not enough gives assumptions and too much gets lost. That's good. And Kelly's going to do a gap awareness as well. Anybody else want to share what awareness they're going to work on? And what's an action step for that? No? All right, so who, who else really loved this uh, clarity grid? Can anybody else um, enjoy the clarity grid? Amanda liked it. Are you a grid uh, person normally? Do you like do you like to see visual stuff? Yeah. I mean, it was fascinating to really think about looking at these these uh, you know the no the no communication, the garbled communication, uh, the implied communication, and the clear communication. And so to really, I, I I'll never forget a leader saying to me one time about another candidate. He said something about the person had no substance. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I don't know. They just talked for like 15 minutes, but I don't know what they told me. And I was like, oh, that must be garbled, you know, garbled communication, right? 
And we've talked a lot about implied, implied communication here during this call. The no communication, right, also, um, it happens this to a lot with, you know, government entities. I think that's probably the easy, easiest example. Like kind of no one wants to, nobody wants to give you the answer, but there's an implied kind of answer in there. Um, so when I was really, when I wrote down my examples, and I would love to hear yours, you know, those were my no communication, my garbled communication, and my implied communication, especially the implied about, you know, that vast knowledge that we have, and we just start talking and talking and talking and forget that, you know, that the people haven't been next to us for the last 10 years of our, you know, career to learn everything that we did. Does anybody have another example of no communication garbled or implied that they want to share out loud or in the chat box? Nobody? So, hi, I'm new. My name's Brenda. Hey, Janice. Oh, hey, Brenda. I, um, I'm, I'll take myself off video. I'm not, I'm not super attractive today, but um, um, oh. we were uh, recently, so I work for a charter school in, in Chicago. Um, I'm six year principal there. So we recently were told on Friday that we have to report back today uh, on site with no plan, no nothing. <laughs> um, and I don't know how much everybody else sees of what's going on in Chicago right now, but the Chicago Teachers Union is about to walk out. And a mm. lot of our charters, mine included, is under the umbrella of the union. So there's no plan. I'm but with so they our CEO pulled back on his announcement using our snowstorm as an excuse. Um, and we're all to report on Wednesday to give us time to dig out, right? Um, we're all dug out. It took us, didn't take us long. Um, but it's just that it sent panic through leadership because he made a decision, blurted it out, wrong place, wrong time, wrong audience. And the people who it affects are leaders who have kids in CPS whose kids aren't going back to school anytime soon. So they're going to be at home with no parents. So that's my most recent. <laughs> this book couldn't wow, be more with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, God uh, works in mysterious ways. I think that's why they maybe threw like a big uh, snow blanket over a big part of the north. So what has to go, right? So that hits all. That hits all sorts of the pieces. You've got a little bit of no communication. You've got garbled communication, and implied communication. I love uh, Janice's example of no communication. She said tax forms. I think I know what they're saying, but I'm not, uh, I'm not so sure. I'll know like if I get a letter saying that I either got money back or they want to see more information. I, I guess that's when you'll know whether you understood or not. So how about, so let's talk about where we're all trying uh, to get to. So clear communication, right? Clear communication. And this is my definition. You all may have something different. I said, when you know, when you know the picture, Right? When you can see the picture of what you're trying to achieve, right? because we all think in pictures, okay? When you can see it, when you can communicate it exactly the way you want it done, you are confident in what you are communicating or asked to do, right? So I know where I'm going, what it looks like, what's my role in it. I'm confident 
and that I could achieve that role. And so what is a challenge for me specifically with that is that I never know how I'm going to do most things. <laughs> I just try them and I fail forward till I get there. That's very uncomfortable for a lot of people because they want to know all of the pieces, you know? And so I've learned now in six and a half years in this current role as a business owner is that, again, not everybody lives like Tom Miller does. And people want to know, like, what's the schedule? What to expect? Like, when do I come? Do I get a book? I mean, all these details are very important to people. And when you confuse people, you lose them. So remember that in your clarity grid. When I confuse, I lose. They immediately check out and it doesn't take long for that to happen. Our world is so full of distraction right now. It's so hard to keep that people engaged if you don't have clarity and you don't make me feel like you're talking directly to me. Does that make sense? Now, what I want you to do is underneath at the bottom of page four, under clear communication, write down a person's name who's either in your life or you see them on TV or, or they're in the history books, whatever it is, write that person's name down that most looks like clear communication to you. Now we talked about earlier, President Obama was an example of someone who communicates really well. So if that was your person, I'm gonna encourage you to watch and listen as much as you can of him uh, speaking. Watch what he does, listen to how he sounds. Now I'm not telling you to be little Obamas, Michelle or uh, uh, Barack, but there's something that connects with you when you listen to them. What is it? That's your model of perfection now. But you're going to create your own perfection out of whatever that model is. Because I believe before we can be something, we have to see something, right? We have to know what it looks like and we have to be able to navigate ourselves there through modeling. Now, we're all teachers. We've all modeled things in the classroom, have we not? And our purpose of modeling was to get the kids or whoever we're trying to teach to better understand what we're trying to get to. So that would be my action step for you all, you know, this week is who's my perfect picture of communication? Anybody want to share who there's this? You got anybody that resonates? It could be someone that none of us know, could be someone that all of us know. I love this comment, Martha, about um, even if I don't have all the answers, I found communicating that was important and let them know as soon as I found out. Nothing wrong with saying, what a really great question. Can you give me 48 hours to, to get that answer for you? Or the best answer that I can. Instead, we complain down and we go, oh, I don't know. Nobody knows what's going on here. And all of a sudden, we've just, you know, we've just impacted the culture of our organization by making it okay 
to complain down. Who's got a good example of a great communicator? Anybody? Oh, tell me, is this a, a friend of yours? PJ Capozzi, did I'm saying that correctly? I don't yeah, know that person. Um, sort of, um, he's um, a superintendent for a district here in Illinois. He's also a quite a well-known speaker and like professional development. Yeah, I love also okay. mentors principals in Illinois through our principal association. So I've been in like a program with him and I can listen to him speak all the time. But it, his his speech is not for everybody, right? Like he's very direct and he'll call it like he sees it. And you have to be the type <laughs> of person that's willing to hear that. Like okay. he will blatantly say, Brenda, I call bullshit. And <laughs> and I'm like, okay, BJ, I got it. I got it. I got you. Um, like that's, I, love that's I will stuff. look him up. Oh, he's great. I'll he's, look him up. he's really, it's so many podcasts out there right now. He just did a TED talk. Um, okay. It's all about climate and culture. Um, well, well, cool. Maybe, maybe he'll come and do a session for us. We'll have to ask him. He's a great guy. I love it. Uh, Vanessa's got uh, Renee Brown. Yes. Very authentic. Communicates well. Right. Bless you, Stephanie. Um, you're okay. Uh, yeah, those are great. So that's so that's your that's your mental model of uh, a perfection here. And so I just want to you know finish up on a couple pieces here because I know you guys are doing a great job hanging in there. We're going to wrap up here in a second. But I just want to ask this question before we go: Whose responsibility, right? Because I wrote here when leaders do not communicate, it's like pouring sand in the gears of progress without clear expectations, information, or even a simple yes or no. Progress grinds to a halt. So. Whose responsibility is it to get clarity? And I wrote down both, right? It's the communicator and the communicatees. Like I gotta ask questions to verify and I gotta be okay with answering them, but I also need to be prepared on the front end to be able to communicate to you more effectively. Does everybody agree? Does everybody thought, thought both? Anybody think, yeah. And so I was, it's, it's really funny. Uh, sometimes we cancel staff meetings, right? We're like, you know what, the staff's working so hard. Let's just, let's just cancel the staff meeting. And to, you know, Brenda's words that uh, PJ said, yeah, it's really that the leader just doesn't know how to answer questions. Like, I'm just not really even sure how to direct my people right now. So let's just cancel the meeting and that's going to make it all easier. When I realized like, boy, that's a detriment because you're just, A, like maybe as a staff member, I was on the agenda and I was going to share something or I had a great idea or I had a question and now you've just eliminated that chance for me to contribute to the message, right? Or to share something. So be really, really careful with what you cancel and what you don't. Um, that lack of clarity is huge. Uh, I love it. Yep. And uh, Stephanie nailed it. She said, if many people are asking questions to signal to adjust your communication. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly what I have to do. And I still remember, you know, staff meetings, I'm like, okay, I got to get this ready for uh, Christy and this ready for Jeff and this ready for Shelby and this ready for David, because they're all going to come at me with uh, different stuff. I needed to think about each one of them in my staff meeting because I was so tired of them asking me questions. And I just, I go, well, why don't I just prepare for them? <laughs> that would be easier than being angry at them for asking me questions. 
So if you haven't done so uh, on page five of your study guide, so looking at the visual on page 28, write out what you believe it means to be an effective communicator. Hopefully that aligns up to the person that you put at the bottom of page four, right? So I wrote someone who knows what they want to accomplish, who has taken the time to map out the words, who understands their people, what they need to hear, who follows up to ensure understanding, who checks along the way for progress, who celebrates wins and asks for feedback on how they could improve. That's what I wrote, right? And so now I need to like assess myself. How good am I at those aspects uh, of communication? Did anybody have another like trait on that, uh, what they think is the, to be an effective communicator? There's no wrong answers here. So what did everybody else have? Can't leave without it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you leave the Zoom without you know someone tell me some other part that makes you an effective communicator. I've done push-ups and sit-ups, you know, during you know sessions, waiting for people to talk if I have to, because I need them. So, right, Natalie. Natalie's heard me do it. Natalie, what did you put? What's uh, one thing you put for uh, being an effective communicator? Sorry, I missed your question. I was distracted. What is? What is? What is one thing that you think an effective communicator has to have uh, on, if you did your study, oh no, you just got yours uh, today. So what's, what's one thing that you think an effective communicator must have um, or do, like one action? Listening and empathy. Ooh, that's good. Because right, I don't think I really had that. I had that checking in, but I didn't actually say, check in and listen to the responses, right? And watch, good. What else? Anybody else have something? I said clear delivery, but then check on that delivery. Mm. Yeah, say, say more about that. Clear delivery means what? Um, like if you're, uh, if you're giving something that you want everyone to go and do, just check, be like, okay, do you guys all understand that I need you all to go do this in this time mm. frame versus Okay, here's everything with Yeah, I love it. Wasn't there like, um, was it this part of the book where, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, this is it, right? So vague is everybody's got it. So this is page 28, right? Everybody got it? You know, compared to tell me what you understand, right? Actually changing your language over. Or did you get my email and instead saying, do you have any questions about my proposal? Or do you have any questions based upon the email that I wrote you yesterday morning? Yeah, good. Or the, are we good, right? God, I hear that all the time. We all good, everybody? And everybody's like, yeah, close the Zoom out. I'm out of here. It's fine. No problem. Leave me alone. Compared to, are you able to commit to June's deadline for the project? Yeah, so move away from being vague and be very specific with what is you want. So watch your words. So be listening to yourselves over the last, you know, or the next week and listening to, you know, uh, the other folks in your meetings, because the more that you teach someone, the better you're going to get out of it. Right. So that's that, you know, time to act at the bottom of page six. What are you going to apply, you know, based upon this first, you know, session and, um, and, and, you know, reading the first two chapters, what will you change and what are you going to teach someone else? You know, base because again, the more that you communicate what you're learning to other people, the more you're going to build awareness to your own improvement, 
and it'll also build awareness towards all the other people that you serve and communicate to. Um, and I think my favorite question is, how could I communicate that better so we would have got a better result faster? Just tell me everybody, right? How, what, what would I have, what would I have had to do or what would I have to explain or show you that would have made that connection as we were working through it, so. Oh, we got more. I think a communicant needs to be confident in the content. Oh my gosh, Kelly. Yes, you are a thousand percent correct. You cannot teach something that you've never done. Stop trying, everybody. Like it, it is shows up, it's inauthentic, and your people see right through it. And oh my gosh, I made that mistake a lot. It's, so now I just go find the expert. Well, who's the expert in this? Let's just go have them come in, right? I don't, I don't know everything. I love learning from people. And be yourself. Don't try to put a leadership boss voice. Yes, because uh, leadership is not a title. It's not letters next to your name. Leadership is influence. It's the ability to build relationships and gain the permission of the people that you serve for them to follow you. That's it. So awesome. All right. Well, great first uh, uh, session. So we'll be on again next week. Uh, look for some resources on the way. Did anybody listen to Michael on the podcast? Was that any good? Did you guys like yes. the podcast that I found for you? Like the podcast. Okay. I'll look. Cool. I'll look for some more. And so you have some more stuff during this week. So, all right, everybody have a great outstanding week. And uh, if, if there's still, you know, time, they're not going to be able to get a book because they're all gone. Uh, but invite yeah. your, you know, colleagues and friends and your team into this and, um, and I'll send the audio book. But anyway, it'll be great. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Appreciate you.